This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This show is always for Movie Lovers Tonight. John DeGoria for today's podcast. I'm going to be doing my 31 Days of Horror review. And that movie that I'm actually going to be reviewing is the movie Don't Breathe. This movie stars Staten Lang. This movie came out in 2016 on a low budget. And can you actually believe it? This is actually day 23 of the whole entire countdown of the 31 Days of Horror. So we're almost there, people. We're almost there to Halloween. We're just about there, but not quite. So I'm actually going to be doing this countdown all the way up until Halloween. So I hope you guys stick around for that. Then, after that review, I'm going to be doing El Camino review. That's right, Netflix actually dropped its El Camino movie, which is also a spinoff movie movie to Breaking Bad. So, I hope you guys will stick around for that review. And then, I'm doing, to finish everything off, I'm going to do a Jungle Cruise movie trailer review. So, let's go on ahead and talk about Don't Breathe. First off, this movie stars Stephen Lang. The plot is pretty much simple. It's about these teenagers that break into this ex-military guy's house because they want to steal some money and also try and make a change for themselves because they don't like the environment that they're actually living in. So, this guy is actually blind. And they're trying to break into this guy's house. But little do they know, they have a lot more to be bargained for. Like, for instance, they break into the guy's house, they take off their shoes so that way they don't make any noise or anything like that to disturb him. But, little do they know, that every single movement, every single sound that they make, actually endangers their whole entire life. For example, he actually knows when they're they're actually there in the house. Even though they, he can't see them, he can actually smell them, he can hear them, and he knows that somebody else is there with him. What does he do? He goes on ahead and boards up the whole entire house. He boards up the windows, he boards up the door, uh, the kitchen door, he boards up everything. So pretty much he's like, okay, you're going to break into my house? Well, guess what? You're going to be stuck here with me. There's no escaping. And this is about to go down. Now, when I went and saw this movie, I actually had a couple of girls in the back of me. And they were even scared to even breathe because of the intensity. Because of how the camera angles actually were for this movie. And what I mean by the camera angles is this. You actually see the camera angle pan over to these group of kids that are breaking into this guy's house. And then at the same time, this other camera angle comes in where he start, you see the blind guy, Stephen Lang, going through his house trying to look for these kids. 
and the intensity level is just phenomenal because you don't know if these kids are actually going to make it. You, In a way, in a sense, you want them to make it, but at the same time, they brought it out on themselves to actually do what they were doing. Another thing, too, is the start of the movie is actually hand-dragging this girl out, out into the open and everything because he winds up catching her, and then he drags her back into the house, and you wonder what's happening up to that point. But that only that, here's the thing. We don't know that what happens until towards the middle of this movie. But I'm not going to get into that because that's spoiler territory. Because if nobody has even... A couple of my friends actually hasn't seen this movie and stuff like that. And not only that, but I feel like this is actually one of those movies that are very underrated. So I'm not going to get into spoiler territory, even though it's been out for like three years. But man, if you think about it, the intensity level, the way that the camera angles were, the way he was able to storm through the house and actually find these people based off the smell and also... Uh, to when when somebody's walking it's just crazy on that kind of level of intensity of how this character actually is and then the way he kills some of these kids for breaking into his house is just oh my god gut-riching because of the blood because of the gore some of the stuff that and here's the thing the gore in this movie the blood in this movie serves the purpose it's not just there for a gore fest like you've like I mentioned with Hatchet, this movie, this level of violence is actually needed for the movie itself to actually explain the intensity of what's going on in the movie. And not only that, but even in the dark and stuff like that, this guy knows where where everything's at because when you're blind, you can actually see in the dark a lot better than when you can in the at during the daytime and everything. And man, it makes you really want to actually be careful with this guy around this house. I really enjoy this. The dialogue is not the strongest at all. But just the way the characters look at each other, just the way that the camera angle panels over to everything, and then the way this all goes down, you're hoping that these characters can come up on top. You're hoping that maybe Stephen Lang will actually let them live or one person will at least survive the whole entire night in this house. And... I love this movie. This movie was actually made for like six or seven million dollars and it made bank at the movie theaters. I forgot how much it made. I think maybe like 123 million or something like that. And it just goes to show you that you don't need a big budget to actually make some money for a change. You can actually do these movies for a low budget and still make back your money because it's hard to do a movie on a budget of 150 million hoping that they can capitalize because it's hard to make a movie on 250 or 150 million budget dollar budget and hoping that a movie does well because it actually can be poorly received or it can actually do well but to make a low budget movie and for it to actually make that much money kudos kudos for don't breathe because i'm going to be honest with you i felt like i couldn't breathe in the movie theater at all like i mentioned with the camera angles i'm not going to repeat myself again with that but the raw intensity of the movements the raw intensity of the violence the raw intensity of this whole entire movie makes you even afraid to breathe. It makes you afraid to even move because you're thinking that this guy is actually going to come after you. And yes, this might be a little bit of horror suspense kind of thing because there's no monster or anything like that. But knowing that this guy's ex-military, knowing that this guy ended up uh, locking you inside his house to kill you for breaking into his house and knowing that there's no escape... That's the most horrifying thing that you could ever think of because you think this is going to be an easy job. And then you find out this is not as easy as you thought it was going to be. And next thing you know it, you might end up being killed because of this guy. 
being locked inside this place with this guy. And it does go off the rails just a little bit. There's one thing that might actually take you out of the movie a little bit, but it actually explains a little bit of why, why he is the way he is and stuff. So if it takes you out a little bit, and it will quickly draw you back in. But other than that, that's the only negative that I have about that. And I'm not going to get into that because, like I said, that's basically spoiler territory. And if this movie's underrated like I think it is because not that many people talk about it and everything, I want them to be – I want you guys to be surprised by what I'm talking about. I don't want this to be a spoiler episode like I did with some of the older films because of the fact that basically some people have actually seen some of these classic – those classic movies. Some people didn't. But – I feel like, too, that people will still check out those movies. But with this, this is a practically it's a three-year-old movie that maybe no, somebody else might not have seen. And I want them to be surprised by it. But that's just my little small review for Don't Breathe. If you like the movie Don't Breathe or whatever, send me a message on, on the podcast and everything by sending us a voicemail message telling us why you like the movie Don't Breathe. Tell us why you didn't. Because all movies are subjective, and I'm curious about what you guys have to say about that particular movie. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit of Breaking Bad stuff. So, this is actually a spinoff movie of the show Breaking Bad. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't catch on to the hype of Breaking Bad. I didn't watch a single episode of Breaking Bad at all. Matter of fact, I watched Breaking Bad on Netflix. I binge watched the whole entire thing in like three months. And I'm like, I feel like such a jerk because I felt like that I would have enjoyed this show if I was first on air. And no one's really talking about Breaking Bad anymore. And I wish that I could actually be in that community of people that were watching the show when it was on. Because I think that I would actually enjoy this show a lot more. But the writing is really good. Brian Cranston is in this thing. And he's really good. I And they, um, I'm just going to call him Jesse Pinkman. I love the character of Jesse Pinkman. I always have been. And, you know, with this movie, if you're thinking that this is going to be one of those movies where we're going to see Brian Cranston and everything else, I'm wondering how he's going to fit into this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to be disappointed at and everything by that, and I'll tell you in a few minutes why you might be disappointed in that. But other than that, though, I love the show Breaking Bad. As a matter of fact, I even put this as a little small thing. If you actually look at the dialogue and the way these characters interact with each other and the way these characters actually have to do certain things, this is actually the closest thing that we can actually get to a, from a GTA live-action TV show, if you think about it. Because of the fact that, the, how the, like I said, how the characters interact, the stuff that they're doing... And everything else reminds me of a GTA side mission job or the main mission itself. And that's how I actually look at Breaking Bad. And the writing is really good in this in the whole all the seasons and everything. I didn't really feel like there was like a weak season in that whole entire season. Everything tied up really good. And I didn't really feel like that we needed anything else. But there's also that mystery factor about what happened to Jesse Pinkman. What's going on with him? Because the last time we saw him, he was escaping the house, and then he was goes over to Saul, punches him in the face and everything, throws out all the money because he doesn't want the money or anything like that, and now we don't know what happened to him after from that point. But, th- like I said, this movie takes place right where the very last Breaking Bad episode ends, and where Walt takes a remote Gatling gun and kills everyone in the building while also being shot with his own gun. And, and of course, you know what happens... 
they're at a, Jesse and him are both at a standoff, and he sees that Walter is actually injured, so therefore he goes, no, you're going to go on ahead and kill yourself rather than me do it because it's easier for you to go on ahead and bleed out and suffer than it is for me to put a bullet in your head because of the things that you've done in, your, in the past and also in the present. So I'm not going to deal with you. So he goes on ahead and escapes into El Camino, and then that's where everything starts going on from there. So he goes over to his friend's house, and he's looking for refuge and stuff like that. He tries to go on ahead and get rid of it and crush the El Camino. He can't get rid of the El Camino because it actually has a tracking device in the El Camino that's actually part of the police department or FBI or DA, and he can't get rid of it. So his friends goes on ahead, gives him some money, and then he's out on the run. This movie... It's pretty much about Jesse trying to find his way, about what he wants to do. Does he want to stay or does he want to leave? Does he want to go ahead and turn himself in? And there's always that constant struggle in this whole entire thing where he's struggling with his own guilt because of the things that he's done in his past and he wants to start over again. And a matter of fact, I love it when it goes into a flashback kind of moment where he's like, well, if you were my age, where would you go? And the character in the show says, Alaska. So, he at first, we don't know why, uh, where he's going to be going. We don't know where he's going to wind up ending up at at the end of this whole entire thing. This movie actually clocks in at two hours and two minutes. And I feel like that runtime for this particular movie didn't need to be two hours and two minutes. I feel like we can actually do this in like an hour and 30 or an hour and 40 minutes rather than two hours and two minutes. But, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, with Jesse and the way that he's struggling with his own self-guilt and everything, maybe think that maybe Walter might actually be a part of him where he has having this split personality type thing where he's struggling with his inner demons and Walter's coming in and telling him what to do. But it's not that's not the case. It's just a... Walter's just there for the recap and also a couple of flashbacks and stuff like that. He's not in it that long. Another thing, too, is I like the flashback between him and Walter in the diner. And Walter's pretty much asking him, what are you doing with your life? Why are you a college dropout? And then he has to remember, too, that Jesse is not a college um, high school dropout. He actually graduated high school. And he's doing nothing with his life when he can do a lot more being a business manager doing something other than what he's doing and there's a little bit of that teacher in Walter at that time where you can actually care there's a little bit of charismatic towards him and Jesse and everything and I like that aspect uh that they actually gave Walter in the break that Breaking Bad episode because I liked it because it actually reminds me of a couple of my teachers back when I was in high school where they actually cared about their about their students and stuff but another thing, too, with the constant struggle with Jesse and stuff like that, it's also a revenge tale, too. Because there's, there's a couple of stuff that actually goes down that happened with him in, like, the last season where he's where he's getting revenge for the people that kidnapped him and stuff like that. And that stuff is just raw. It's really good on some of the stuff that he's actually did in that part of the, in that part of the movie. Like, for instance, you have the guy from the welding... Um, from the welding thing in there too. And basically he made him run up and down this little thing where he's attached to a a grapple. And, you know, he's 
basically making him torturing himself torture himself and i'm glad that they actually put that little bit in there to make you remember about what happened to him because it actually added some layers to jesse that we haven't seen before and then of course jesse's winds up going over to one back over to the kidnappers um place and tries to find the money and there's about a, over a million dollars in this thing and that's actually where he meets the welder and stuff like that and now he winds up going over to uh Robert Foster by the way Robert Foster just passed away today and it's kind of ironic and not funny in a way that he passed away during this release and just seeing Robert Foster playing one more time the vacuum cleaner guy who gives people second chances by taking money in. He actually runs a vacuum cleaner shop that's actually a front to where he can actually get these criminals a second chance and move them to wherever they want to be moved to. And Jesse winds up coming short and God knows where Jesse wants to go to. But the acting in this movie is really good. The runtime, I'm going to be honest with you, like I said before, it could actually be kind of short. But in itself and everything, do, did we really need the spinoff thing? Not really. But if you're looking for a Jesse Pinkman redemption story or a struggle within story, you know, this is, this is pretty much it. Because it comes to terms with his own demons and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into what demons they were. But if you watch the show, you know exactly what demons they are. But another thing, too, is I actually heard a rumor, too, they weren't going to do any recaps. Because if you haven't watched Breaking Bad at all, then chances is you're not going to be interested in this story. So they're not going to do any recaps. But they actually did a recap from all the seasons all the way up to the point to where we actually see Jesse now in this movie. So I think they, I think that rumor is dead now. So... I actually like the fact that they actually put that recap in it because there were actually some things that I actually forgot and there were a lot of Easter eggs that I forgot as well. And I even forgot about the cleaner guy. I forgot about Robert Foster being in this thing. But I really love the Breaking Bad stuff, the stuff that you can actually relate to in a certain way with some of the characters and stuff like that. We actually get to be reintroduced into the universe of Breaking Bad and it doesn't even feel forced at all. It feels like that we have never even left. And the dialogue doesn't even feel like it's even hit or miss. The writing is really good. The storyline is good. But it actually, it does feel like a Breaking Bad TV show that's two and a half, two, two and a half hours long. Excuse me. But I think that they could have actually cut down on the runtime on that. But tell me what you guys think. Did you like the El Camino uh, movie, what didn't you like about it? Go on ahead and send us in a voicemail message because I'm kind of curious about what you guys think about the El Camino movie in itself. If you're a Breaking Bad fan and you actually got to see Breaking Bad whenever it was on the rise and everything, I would like to know because here's the thing. Like I said, I caught it whenever it was over with and I was able to binge watch all those episodes in three months and fell in love with the show versus someone that's watched it from day one. And I wish I actually watched it from day one because the writing is just as good as the Soprano seasons. Not uh, the Soprano season six, part two, or part one, but all the way up until season five with the Sopranos. The, the, in my honest opinion, I feel like TV has actually gotten better with their writing opposed to some movies and stuff like that on the way they're writing. But 
Breaking Bad is one of the best TV shows that I've seen in a long time. And I think that if you're a Breaking Bad fan, you're going to love the El Camino movie. So, let's go on ahead and get into the Jungle Cruise movie trailer review. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I haven't rode the ride of Jungle Cruise. I haven't been to Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Universal since the 90s. I'll tell you how long it's been since that time. When Nickelodeon used to be that multicolored thing, the slime, the goo, and all that stuff, that's when I was a kid. That's when I went there when I was 10 or 11 years old. And I haven't been back since. So this movie, this whole entire ride opened in 2005. It's only a seven minute long ride. So my initial thoughts whenever this thing was a was actually announced was, how are they going to do this movie on a seven-minute-long ride? The same thing that they did with the Pirates of the Caribbean as well. They made that... That ride is also a short ride as well. And then look at what they did with it. Like, despite all the other sequels, the very first one is pretty much the best one that they've actually done. And I was just blown away with the way that they actually did um, The Curse of the Black Pearl. And now they're doing Jungle Cruise and everything with Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, and Emily Blunt. The Rock is a river captain in the 20th century, and Emily Blunt plays a scientist. And she's actually trying to look for the Tree of Life, which is a legend um, that she's actually trying to look for. Now, from my initial thing is, I feel like that at the very beginning, is actually going to be your Jungle Cruise ride, where you actually see Dwayne The Rock Johnson doing his River Captain thing. And I think this is also, too, a little bit of him hustling the customers a little bit and actually getting them interested in this ride they're about to embark on. And then, all of a sudden, Emily Blunt comes into the picture, and it all becomes into a reality type of thing where she's going to have to pay him X amount of money to take her take her on this adventure to for this tree of life. And then once she, they're going on this adventure and everything, everything's going to go capside. Everything else is going to go haywire. And I love the chemistry between Emily Blunt and The Rock. I don't care for the little raspy thing that he does in his voice and everything in the trailer, but that's just how I perceived it. I don't like that raspiness. I just like him whenever he talks really normal rather than talking the way he talked in the in this trailer. It just didn't work for me. But other than that, though, I'm sold on the plot. It's a Disney movie. Where we already know that Disney always um, knocks it out of the park 99.9% of the time when you look at their live action stuff, despite if you didn't like them or not. They still may bank at the movie at the box office and stuff like that. Disney movies always make bank no matter which way you look at it. I'm actually kind of curious about this Jungle Cruise movie. And I'm actually going to try and look at another review. Not another review, but another trailer whenever they actually release it. Because I'm sold as far as the teaser trailer in itself. But I still want to see one more trailer just to get to what, to get more of the tone of the movie in itself. But anyways, that's going to do it for me for today. So... If you guys are interested in donating a couple of bucks towards new microphones, new stuff, or anything like that, go on ahead and do that. You guys don't have to do it, but it's just one of those things that I thought that would be pretty cool if you want to give back a little bit. If you don't, that's cool too. You don't have to do that. That's just something that I thought that would be cool to do. This show will always be free. Go on ahead, 
check out all the other video uh, podcast episodes and stuff like that. Let me know what you guys think. And I'm also going to have the link below to where you can actually leave voicemail messages for the show. If you have questions that you want me to answer on the show, go ahead, send those in. If you want me to talk about certain topics, send that in as well. It actually helps amplify the experience even more. And until next time, bye-bye.